Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Glad to have you guys along today. Uh, no NASCAR race to talk about last week, guys. Uh, how did it feel? Felt kind of weird, I guess. Not really having any sports to watch at all on uh, Sunday, that's for sure. Well, there was a lot of sports on on Sunday. Just wasn't any NASCAR racing. I, there was hardly anything. I mean, there was baseball. That's about it for for me. Yeah, that's what, true. What did you think, Amos? Well, you don't have to. I mean, it's nice to see sports, but I guess you can take a weekend and regroup and relax and enjoy Easter or whatever holiday or whatever you want to celebrate this weekend. So It was nice to be able to gather as a family and yes. have an Easter egg hunt and do all that good good stuff compared to last year. Yeah, okay. We're having some technical difficulties, if you haven't noticed. I think some people got into the studio or messing around with our stuff. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> so, yes, no NASCAR race last week. Not to name um, names, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so on today's show, we're going to talk about Martinsville uh, and the race coming up at Martinsville, what you guys can expect, uh, all that good stuff, um, and I guess a few other things. Um, but let's talk about a few things here before we get into that, guys. Uh, first off, I want to make a correction. Last week's show, I said first time we've had seven different winners since 2013. It was actually first time since 2014, so we'll have to make that correction. Uh, so we're going for eight this week, guys, right? And uh, the last time that we had eight first-time winners was 2000, or yeah, eight winners, uh, different winners to start the season was 2003. And in 2003, we had nine different winners in that season. So we're actually trying to go for an even uh, better than that, potentially, with uh, how we're talking about maybe 10 or 11. Um, so yeah, we're, we're trying to chase some history, guys. Um, anyways, first nine winners, though, from 2003, guys. Uh, Waltrip, Jarrett, Kenseth, Labonte, Craven in that closest race of all time, uh, Kurt Busch, Newman, Earnhardt Jr., and Gordon. So, yeah, just a little little history for you. How about that? Mm. You believe that? that That's uh, a pretty high cotton right there. That 03 season uh, when Craven won, that was the closest race ever. So, yeah, it's quite the season, I think, huh? Yeah. What was. track was that at? Uh, it had to be at a Talad uh, Darlington. No, it was, it, a was big, a, it was a bigger one. I don't think so. I think it was one That's of the short question. tracks, to be honest. Well, was I it? don't know. I don't remember. That's yeah. a long time ago, man. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I can't really tell what it says on there. But uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, Amos is clicking on his keyboard, so we're going to know. <laughs> we are chasing history. We're trying to go better than 03 did it, uh, starting nine for nine. So, uh, yeah. I predict right now that we are going to have a repeat winner this week at Martinsville. All right. So that's your prediction. Um, I'm not going to say who. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Okay, not yet. Um, All right. Well, we like that prediction. Uh, Amos, you think that we do have a repeat winner this year or this week, though? Yeah, I think there's a pretty strong chance with, yeah, Joey Logano is going to have some momentum. Truex Jr., he's got some momentum. He does well at Martinsville. So I could definitely see a repeat winner. 
And right. it was Darlington, by the way, Ricky Craven. Oh, was it Darlington? Okay, cool. Beat Kurt Busch by point zero zero two of a second. That's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about some things about this Martinsville race. Um, they were testing. Well, it seems like there's a strong possibility that we could see some rain at the Martinsville race, guys. Uh, rain in the forecast for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and so this has brought the idea uh, to do some rain tire testing on the tracks. So uh, Kurt Busher, uh, Chris Busher, and Kyle Larson were uh, doing some rain testing tires uh, at Martinsville. The goal was to see if they could run on damp on a damp surface, not in the downpouring rain. Uh, Martinsville, a short flat track, and uh, some other tracks that they think this could be possible at is places like Richmond, Loudon, uh, Phoenix, and possibly these tires will be ready as soon as Richmond in a couple weeks. So we're actually trying to go a little further with these tires in the in wet conditions. Uh, we seen them racing the tires, uh, rain tires back last year at the Charlotte's uh, Roval course, right? So uh, what do you guys think of this this tire wet tire testing or the possibility of using rain tires? Uh, on a more of an oval type of track, uh, Amos. Let's let's go with you on this first. I mean, I think it's it's pretty interesting because it's not a road course. I guess my first question or thought comment is, uh, what's NASCAR's ultimate goal? Are they wanting to extend the racing when there's just a little bit of rain, or I mean, I I guess from what my experience watching NASCAR race. When it rains, it rains. Yeah. And a rain tire is probably not going to be a very good option on an oval. So if they're only going to use it in a damp location, at that point, I don't know that any teams are going to make an unscheduled pit stop or if NASCAR is going to throw a phantom caution to give everybody a chance to put on tires. or you know, I mean, there's a lot of technicalities that I would like to see before I get too hot and bothered about the thoughts of them running treaded rain tires on an oval. I can see at the the road courses. I mean, that kind of makes sense unless you're in a complete torrential downpour. But <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I guess you could maybe red flag the race, get it started earlier when the track isn't completely dry, maybe run a little bit longer, you know, something like that. But I don't. If their goal is not to run in a torrential downpour and just run straight through without any red flags, then I really I'd be interested to know their thought process. What do you think about this idea, Chris? Uh, I know you're kind of saying off off air that you don't think it's actually possible, or you don't think it would be likely. <clears throat> I guess the reason I say what I say is because I know somewhat of the science behind the rain tires, and they're more than just a treaded tire they're a very soft compound and they really rely on the moisture that's on the track to cool the tires down to keep them from wearing out like in one lap and uh, I, I just can't see I mean I don't know I guess we could test the theory if eight really sticks better than four you know a lot of the time but yeah. the reality is when you when you when you send one of those you know 3,800 pound cars into turn three, you know, and they're, they're running what Amos 130, 140 miles an hour at the end of the straightaway. Yeah, probably. 
So yeah, 120 to 130. I mean, I, I just can't visualize in my mind 120 miles an hour mm-hmm. in a 3,800-pound car hitting turn three and having it come out well. Well, and having multiple cars on the track, like it's it's different when you're testing probably because there's just one car. It's a little more controlled, well, yeah, right? Yeah. Get 38 cars on the track, it could be a whole nother story. I mean... Well, and if somebody I, does the yeah. bonehead thing like, ooh, I can dive inside of this guy right now, you know, and, and brake late, thinking everything's going to hold together like it does on the dry track, yep. eh, it ain't going to happen. So, Well, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. It's It sounds like it's a possibility. Uh, obviously, I don't know if we'll see them this weekend, if it rains, from the sounds of it. Um, but the potential seems to be there, and I guess if you could figure out a way to do it where it would work, uh, it'd be worth trying, I guess, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Okay. One yes. There's, one no. There's a lot of strategy that would go into play on these rain tires because it's like Chris said that you are not going to be able to run on a dry surface. I mean, you can, but you're going to lose you're gonna be probably speed. Yeah. It's well, going to be you're going to yeah. lose a lot of time to somebody who's on regular slicks. So. But on top of that, those tires will cord out like fast. Yeah, and I, so I guess it just. Like I said to begin with, I would like to see what NASCAR's ultimate goal is with running treaded tires at an oval and then go from there before I'm like thumbs up or thumbs down. I mean, we kind of seen it at the Daytona road course where they threw the caution to give guys the chance to come in and get tires, but nobody took tires. So if they're going to only be damp, and some guys get the tires, some don't. I, I don't know. There's a lot of variables that I think will be out of teams' hands that they'll want to have a little more clarification on. Well, I mean, the tracks I mentioned are Richmond and Phoenix that could also have these tires is what they're thinking. But, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, uh, that's talking shorter tracks, right? So we're not going to see a rain tire on, like, these super speedways or Texas or Kansas or anything no. like that. So. Uh, but Chris, you said not even worth even trying this idea. You don't think? Well, I don't. I don't think it's there. I mean, maybe with the new car, you know, because it's got more mechanical downforce than the current car has, mm-hmm. it might make sense. And and when I say mechanical downforce, there's there's a difference between mechanical downforce, which all of your adjustment is made within the suspension to create the pressure on the tires. Whereas aerodynamic downforce, which is basically what this car relies on now, you know, the, the size of the splitter, the size of the spoiler, that sort of thing. So, you know, maybe with the new car, it'd be a possibility to run on the shorter tracks, you know, given the difference in the setup. But I, I just can't, I'm sorry, I just can't see it with this car. I can't see it working at all. It, or I won't even say, well, I'll say working at all. All right, well... I think we got some different viewpoints here then. I mean, I think I would like to see it just tried at least, and then we can go from there. But uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting if they do go forward with it. That's for sure. You mentioned the next-gen car, Chris. They were uh, Tyler Reddick was in Darlington testing the next-gen car. We getting excited for it, guys? I mean, uh, feeling, feeling like the next-gen car could be the next best thing? Well, <laughs> the more I read about and the more I see the car on the track. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. So basically, the next-gen car, I guess Generation 8. I don't know, what is it, 6, 7, or 8? Anyway. 7 or 8, isn't it, at this point, I think? If you take your basic sedan like you own, you know, 
that's all these cars are emulating. They're just emulating the cars that most people are driving up and down the road. You know, none of the cars that are on the road today, well, no, I'll say it. None of the cars that are on the road today are running a truck arm rear suspension like these cars that we're currently racing are. Yeah. You know, and so, and a solid axle in the rear and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm excited to see the new car and see how it performs. Uh, and and I think the time's come. I mean, we got it. We got to get. Yeah. We got to get away from the aerodynamics, and we got to get to mechanical downforce rather than aerodynamics. Because, I mean, you get in third place on like Texas Motor Speedway or yeah. or any of them race. I mean, you're you're hammered. You you've got no no air going over the car, and you basically are just you it's know. True. An out of control oral skate for all you know, all intents and purposes. So, uh, Amos, lots of talk about how the next gen car is supposed to level the playing field for the smaller teams and make uh, parts less expensive. And you know, I think the adage that everyone always has is when something new is introduced, it's supposed to make the sport more fair and equal for all the teams. Um, are we buying into this? I I'm not. I mean, when they come out with the current car and it's set up with the spoiler and the splitter and changed the front end that was going to keep everybody on a level playing field <laughs> the two gen cars ago was the same thing oh we're going to do this we're going to do that nascar's rule book's probably a foot thick but the gray in between all the rules is probably two feet thick yeah and so you're going and hendrix Stuart haas joe gibbs penske and everybody in nascar is a smart engineer i'm not saying they're not just saying that them teams control more engineering and they're going to take an inch, turn it into a mile, and they're going to exploit everything they can within the car. The lesser teams, smaller teams will always play catch up. That's just the way it is. So, and that's fine. I don't have mm -hmm. a problem with yeah. that. I'm not saying one way or another because, you know, if you want to spend the most more money. You know, I hear anal analogies about spending more money going faster all the time in various sports, and I always say, if I had the money to do it, yeah, I would do it. Yeah. I'm not going to try and spend less, you know, spend a bunch of money and run at the end of the pack, at the back of the pack. I want to spend the most money and run up front and win races and have big trophies. Right. So, well, yeah, and if I can do it, I'm going to. Yeah. End of discussion. It's, in, it's NASCAR's officials and inspectors' job to catch me and it's my job as an engineer, team owner, crew chief, driver to try and cheat and have them catch me. <laughs> yeah. If I'm not cheating, well, I'm not trying. Push, so Pushing the rule book, I guess. Sure. Maybe not cheating, but yeah. To, yeah whatever. To, to Amos's point, yeah. the bigger teams, you know, Hendry, Penske, Stuart Hawes, they've got departments within the team that do nothing but try to figure out the gray areas and then how to engineer. Yeah. The gray areas. Why not? So, I mean, you know, the super teams are always going to be ahead. Yeah. Well, it's uh, they introduce all these new regulations and rules in F1 and Mercedes and Red Bull still dominate everybody. So yeah, it's the it, same it's, thing. It, it kind of is. I mean, and it's like in all sports, right? Like, yeah. Anyways, there's lots of examples I mean, we if could NASCAR, use in other sports. So. If NASCAR wants to keep a level playing field, then NASCAR should just take everybody's money and divvy out everybody the same amount of money, limit the amount of engineers you can have, limit yeah. your this, that. Yeah, I mean, that's truly the only way you're going to 
level the playing field. Well, you gotta you gotta cap the money that sure. they can spend essentially. And so. and like you said, Ty, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Take basketball for example. Bigger market teams, they can buy out contracts. They mm-hmm. can bring in higher pay. They can yeah work contracts. Get into the luxury tax. Football, basketball, baseball. It doesn't matter. So he who has the money makes the rules, and that's usually the way it runs. So, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so we're excited for the next gen car. Uh, anything else to add about that, guys? I mean, I guess we're still waiting to see it. We were we were hoping to get it this year, but obviously the pandemic didn't really allow that to happen for us. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think it'll it'll add intrigue, right? I haven't heard any rumblings to this effect, but I would not be terribly surprised to see them maybe running a race with the next-gen car towards the end of the season. Oh, really? You think that would be possible? That's uh, yeah, possible, yeah. It's possible, okay. Well, if it's possible, I guess we I mean, can... I, I haven't heard anybody say that. Yeah. But I can visualize that, you know, where they... Because that's, mm-hmm. that's what they did with the previous generation car to the one we're currently running now. Yeah. They brought it out, you know, mid-season and ran two or three races and, you know, that sort of thing. All right, all right. Um, so a couple other quick things, guys. Uh, Chris, you mentioned this, uh, but the Dash for Cash in the Xfinity series is back uh, Friday, April 9th at 6, um, or at 8 Eastern, sorry. Uh, what what uh, Fill us in for some that like me that aren't as familiar with what Dash for Cash is and uh, what we can expect. Well, I'm, I'm drawing on my memory here, which is kind of feeble at times, but <laughs> as I recall, the Dash for Cash, they actually picked out, what was it, eight driver, eight or ten drivers? Maybe it wasn't even that many. And then if those drivers succeeded in either winning or placing, I think it had to be a win. If, if they won the race, then they got an additional bonus on top of the prize money in that. And then I think they broke it down by where these guys finished and that sort of thing. So it, it does kind of make it interesting to watch, you know, from a fan perspective, if you're aware of the dash for cash and you know who the drivers are, it does make it kind of interesting to watch the race to see how, you know, driver A is progressing in comparison to B, C, and D drivers. Uh, pretty pretty good recollection there, Amos, from Chris? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm sure there's a few things. Like, I'm sure there were certain requirements. Not everybody's eligible for it. Mm-hmm. There are certain things you have to do. But, yeah, it's kind of fun to watch because – what are you going to do for a certain amount of cash? You know, I don't know what it is now, but it used to be like a million dollars or something. So, well, you're going like, to run over grandma for that million dollars well, in the it, win, or it's just a, it's just a hundred thousand dollars, just just a hundred thousand. Yeah, I take that though. It seems okay with me. <laughs> I'd still run over grandma for a hundred thousand. Yeah, I'd have to think about it. <laughs> All right, guys, um, who are we feeling comfortable with headed into Martinsville as far as the team? Uh, specifically our four super teams, as, as Chris likes to call Ooh. them here. Who do we feel good about headed into Martinsville after this Easter break? I know we talked a little bit about Stuart Haas last year. Uh, last, Why do I say last year? Last week and some of their struggles and stuff. So I don't imagine you guys will say them. Um, but I guess you can also say uh, Chip Canassi, RCR, um, Roush. Uh, who do we feel good with as far as the teams go? What, okay, when you say define feel good, do you do you define it as who might win the race? No, no, just like uh, who are you feeling comfortable with at this point in the season, like as a team, as a unit. You know, who looks good going into Martinsville? 
not necessarily like they're going to win the race or whatever, but they just feel like seven, you feel like seven races in, they have stuff pretty figured out. I, I'm actually kind of optimistic for Roush Fenway racing. Okay. I, I, they, you know, they've done well as the year has progressed and I think they've been on an upward movement and it's like I mentioned in one of the podcasts we did a few, they, they promoted Jimmy Fennig, um, to competition director and, yeah. and he's not an engineer. He's an actual, I mean, he's a racer, you know, he's been doing this a long time and theory behind it was, is okay, let's get, let's get away from the engineering. Let's get back to the racing. Yeah. And, and I think it's bearing fruit. I mean, for a small two-car team, maybe not the biggest funded team in the whole wide world. Yeah. You know, I think they've done pretty darn good in in my estimation. Um, I think uh, JTD Doherty. Yeah. That's another team that's got some some real possibilities of placing well and doing well. Yeah. I mean, Priest is on an uncharted car, and he's he's racing really well, actually, in that 37. Um you didn't mention a super team, Chris. Is there is there any super team you'd well, like to mention here? Uh, Quote super team. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Penske, Penske al- always okay. leaps to mind. And at Martinsville, I mean they they always leap to mind to my mind anyway. Hmm. Um, I mean, how many times has you know either Kozlowski or or Logano or Blaney been leading at Martinsville? You know, yeah. just I mean, it's go back. You know, it, it, it's it's been pretty stout for the last several years anyway. All right, Amos, uh, same question for you here. Who, who do you feel comfortable with or feel like the team has uh, lots of stuff figured out headed into the Martinsville after this Easter break? So I, I think, obviously, Hendrick Motorsports and Penske, they have thus far had it figured out on pretty much every track. They've had drivers, whether it's been the whole team or individual drivers that have done well obviously some wins in there. So I feel like them guys are going to come back off the break strong. Um, and an individual driver of a super team, Denny Hamlin's doing well. So um, I know we've kind of been rough on Denny Hamlin yeah, through I, the <laughs> years of the, through the podcast. And we're still, yeah. I guess, to a degree waiting for the shoe to fall off. But um, you know, he's doing good. I, I'm not going to jump out there and say Joe Gibbs racing as a whole, has it figured out, but I think he's doing well. His team's staying pretty consistent. But, I mean, Hendricks and Penske right now are just leaps and bounds ahead of everybody on pretty much every track. So, And the next few tracks will be very interesting. Martinsville, Richmond, and what's the next one? Is it uh, Daytona? No, it's Talladega. Da- we got Talladega. So, I mean, you're going from... Basically, three short tracks with Bristol Dirt, Martinsville, Richmond, and then we're going to jump into a super speedway. So I think we'll have a good grasp of how them teams are handling the diversity in the track. And because, I mean, even though you have three short tracks, they're all very different in their setup, in their the track layout, what's ex- needed to be done at each track. And then, I mean, obviously, Talladega. So yeah, it'll be interesting. But that's, I mean, obviously... Yeah, Penske and Hendrick. All right. uh, Chris, what's the, what's the biggest question you're looking to be answered going into this this weekend? Like, is there something that springs to your mind right away? Kyle Busch. 
Okay, so Kyle Busch's performance or what? Yes. Okay. I mean, we're eight races in right now. Well, we will be eight races in at Martinsville. And I, I just – I don't think he's got till the end of the season to get his act together like he did last year. I think he's got to make something happen. Next five races, we'll say. Something is, is badly wrong. And I say that. He's in 13th place in the standings. Mm. But still, I, I think something is badly wrong in that entire makeup. I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. All right. I know he did an interview for NASCAR, which I didn't watch, and I probably am going to watch it after we're done here because I'm curious to see what he has to say. But I, I just think Kyle and – and the reason I say this is, is Martinsville – this this is Kyle Busch's kind of track. You know, a short track, that sort of thing. That's the kind of thing that Kyle Busch thrives on. And and I, I'm pretty sure Amos can check me on this, or you can. I think he's actually gone in there in years past and swept it, won all three races. Maybe not recently, but I, I think Martinsville is one of those tracks that he has had a lot of success on as far as trucks, Xfinity, and cup so uh any other question marks for teams other drivers uh anything else you're looking for well at, in martinsville as as we touched upon last week in the program and i'll, I'll say it again you know stuart haas racing has got to have the next five races they've got to have a turnaround they've got got to figure out what's wrong fix it and start advancing because Again, you know, Kevin Harvick is in eighth, but then you look at the other three Stuart Haas cars, you know, and they're they're down there. They're not they're not even in contention to be in the chase at this point in time. So they've they've got to hit they've got to hit on whatever's wrong in that team. Because I think it's a team issue. I, I I can't in my mind I can't fathom that Harvick is getting a car that's that much better than the other three teammates. Now we can cut some slack to to the rookie driver. Remind me what his name is. Briscoe? Briscoe. Okay. We can cut him some slack because he's a rookie. But the other two drivers, particularly Eric Amarola, I mean, they've been around the block. Yeah. yeah. All right. You know? And so I just think they've got to kind of get things back on track. Okay. Uh, Amos, your biggest question mark. Uh, you can go with a couple like Chris did here, or if you just have one that sticks out, driver, teams, whatever. Um, what are you looking for as we head into Martinsville? Looking to see if your so-called 26 different race winner <laughs> 26 in 26 different races can uh, uh, withstand this weekend. Um, I just I think this track is not very forgiving for first-time winners as far as just in general like first-time race win ever, not just necessarily in the season. So I would look... I'm looking forward to the normal guys running up front, a repeat winner from the first seven. And I kind of, with Chris, I kind of look back through some of Kevin Harvick's wins. He's got one win at Martinsville, so he doesn't necessarily have to to come away with a win, but a top solid finish. The other, the rest of Stuart Hawes, I'm not overly confident in them. I think there's going to be some growing pains. So Martinsville's just a track of experience. You got to know how to get around. It's hard to pass 
pit stalls tight, entry to pit road, off pit road's rough, So, and there's just not going to be the practice that they've had. I think that's going to hurt guys that don't have the experience. So, And then, obviously, I mean, I'm a homer, so i got to say it. I'm looking <laughs> for my guy, Chase Elliott, to get back on track. You know, he's the last one last year to get into the Final Four, so that would be pretty cool. So see him get a win, and even though I just said there's not going to be a – There'll be a repeat winner already, but you know I'll take it if Chase. Well, Elliott okay, wins. so you but you bring up the point that there could be a repeat winner, um, but some of the drivers, as we just looked through some of the results since oh I don't know like oh like going back to oh five, Jimmy Johnson dominated this track through the late thousands uh, and even into the early tens. Um, but we look, I mean, Denny Hamlin has a lot of wins on this track. That's a guy that we're looking at as a first time winner. Kevin Harvick has a couple wins. Tony Stewart's won on this, or not Tony Stewart, uh, Ryan Newman's won on this track. Kurt Busch has had a couple wins on this track. Kyle Busch, uh, as well as Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano. Um, so there's, uh, with the exception of Joey Logano that I just said, and Jimmy Johnson, obviously, there's a couple guys on this list that are multiple time winners at this track that haven't won a race yet. Um, and so we could see someone new. I mean, Truex, uh, won the last two before Elliott won. So that could be a repeat, but I mean, there are a lot of guys that do good on this track that could potentially, uh, be this, uh, first time winner for this year. So well, I'm not going to discount your eight for eight on this race. I mean, it, <laughs> it's highly possible. Could be. So it could, um, I guess the better question is, uh, over the next couple of races, guys, we, I mean, we were just talking about, Amos just brought that up a little bit. You got Martinsville, Talladega, uh, Richmond, Talladega, Kansas, and Darlington. Could we go 12 in that, or would there be Richmond? I feel like Kevin Harvick is going to win Richmond for some reason. Talladega's up in the air. Kansas is is tough, as, long as, as well as Darlington. There could be repeat winners on those ones. So what is a realistic number where we see this, this, uh, 26 for 26 die 10 races 11 9 um amos you're kind of talking a little bit about this week uh but what what do you think is the most realistic race that we see this uh different winner different race uh streak end well my opinion of the next five there's two races i say martinsville or darlington them tracks are Super tough to run with experience and practice, and mm-hmm. I don't know if either. I don't know the schedule for Darlington. I'm pretty sure there's no practice at Martinsville. So, I, my that's my opinion. That's where we see re, repeat winners. Um, Talladega is a, you know, throw of the dice. Who, Could be anyone. Yeah, anybody can win that race. There's mm-hmm. so much. I mean, that track. You don't need quite the. As good a handling car as you do at Daytona, and then obviously the way these guys have been racing on restarts and how aggressive <laughs> they've been throughout. The, I mean, we could have half the lap gone by lap or half the field gone by lap four. So, yeah. um, Richmond and Kansas, I think, are pretty. I mean, Kansas mile and a half, D shaped, traditional track for NASCAR. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see well, somebody could, jump out. You could see a, a guy like you could see a guy like Logano, Truex, yeah. Harvick win a race like that one. So. Oh sure, and I mean, I mean, honestly, any in my opinion, anybody in the field in NASCAR right now has a very good chance at a mile and a half track. Mm-hmm. Um, Richmond is, I feel like, is a very driver friendly track. So I think as long as you can keep up, you show up fast, you keep up with the adjustments, 
and you um, stay out of trouble, I think there's a pretty good chance for the top half of the field to come out with a victory there. So, All right. Um, Chris, would you say anything different um, as far as these next five races? Do you think we could make it to Darlington before the streak ends, or do you think it would be earlier? Talladega is the wild card, like always. Michael McDowell gets a second win. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? Or, That'd be crazy. Or, or any one of the ones that already won. Yeah, that's true. So so any one of seven guys, will say, could get their second win at Talladega. I, I really think it's going to come before Darlington, in my estimation. I just can't put my finger on which track it is. Like I said earlier, I think that there's potential probability, possibility of a repeat winner in this race at Martinsville. If it were up to me, and I was actually thinking about this, I'd probably take Hamlin this week and then Harvick at Richmond, Random at Talladega, and then probably Logano in Kansas. And I think that's where your first repeat winner is. Is well, it, it, For me, it'd be Logano in Kansas. But uh, I don't know. I th- so I think we can see over 10. So maybe we should be cheering for that. Um, all right. So that's interesting. I like that conversation right there. Um, okay. Uh, anything else to talk about, guys, before we get to the preview of this track? We're going we're gonna to talk about this on the other side of the break, make our picks, preview the track, layout, and all things like that. So uh, now that we've kind of talked about some other stuff leading into this, uh, we'll preview the race. But uh, anything to add on what we've talked about? No. I think we're uh, – let's, let's go to break and then – Come back and hit it with the meat of the program. Yes, that's what we'll do. Okay. (laughs) Break. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you guys along. Probably going to be a little shorter on this half of the show. Uh, We just got to talk about the preview for Martinsville. Uh, I want to ask you guys some other questions uh, before we get out of here, of course. But we also have our game at the end, so uh, we'll see. No. We'll see. Uh, the game is back this week. Very oh, exciting. no. Uh, what do you owe knowing, Chris? You're you're the winner all the time. Yeah, sure. And you're leading Amos in the points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, before we get into this, though, guys, of course, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We'd love to have you. You can find us at Electric Sports Talk uh, is the handle. And then uh, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you guys. ElectricSportsTalk at gmail.com is the email. Uh, me and Chris will be doing a college basketball wrap-up show. Uh, hopefully, it'll be released tomorrow. We'll, we'll record it tomorrow. So, yeah, maybe, Chris. We can do it tomorrow. Or, or, well, yeah, maybe. We'll see. I thought tomorrow was um, wrestling. Let's do it Thursday. All right, Thursday it is. Because then by then, Gonzaga will quit. They'll probably be over there. Big alligator tears about losing. So All right, so yeah, we'll have a college swim basketball. Swim our way into the studio. <laughs> we'll have a college basketball wrap-up. We'll have UFC uh, coming up later in the week, of course. And uh, we're going to have an NFL show that you guys are invited on. If, if you're a down, what? an NFL show. We're talking, seriously? Yes, Did, seriously. Where did you find CaseNet? Did he get back from the border or something? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Carson, Carson's back. Carson, Carson. oh, that's right. Yes, no, yes. Kaysen does UFC. So uh, That's right. Carson. Yeah, if you guys are down, I think we're going to start breaking down the uh, divisions. I'll set so. in on the NFL draft show, and I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. I think that somebody's talking smack when they're talking about Zach Wilson. That's just my opinion. I think you're talking smack about yeah, Zach well, Wilson. Yeah, well, okay, whatever. <laughs> All right, so anyways, guys, there's some of our there's some NFL insight from Chris there. Gotta love Zach Wilson. Uh, so Do you realize, well, <laughs> never mind. 
we'll talk about it later. All right, so expect some more shows coming out later this week, of course, guys. Uh, but back to the NASCAR, of course, because that's what you're here for. Uh, we're talking Martinsville. Uh, so real quickly, uh, Chris, do you have the standings up? Do you want to talk about those real quick oh. before we before we get into the track? Sure. Just so we can refresh everyone on the standings headed into this week after an off week, uh, or if you missed it from last week. After an off week. So not much changed, but we'll start at number 16. <laughs> well, I hope oh, not much well, changed. Yeah. We didn't have a race. Well, you know. <laughs> um, so we'll start at number 16. And the reason we start at number 16, folks, is because these are the tr- drivers that would be in the chase at the end of the season after 26 races. Yes, if you're new. If you're new. So we have Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Ricky Stenhouse, Kyle Busch, Michael McDowell is still hanging in there in 12th. Oh, yeah. Austin Dillon, Christopher Bell at 10. Chase Elliott at 9. Now, I think he dropped a little bit, didn't he, Amos? Wasn't he? Yeah, I think he probably dropped a couple spots after that Bristol dirt race. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, he's going to go down regardless because Joey won the race, so yeah. that'll put him <laughs> ahead. Yeah. Kevin Harvick in 8th, Ryan Blaney in 7th. William Byron in sixth, Brad Keselowski in fifth, and for the life of me, I can't figure out how he's doing that. Consistency. Oh, okay. Kyle Larson in fourth, which I think he took. I think he tumbled a place or two, as I recall. Wasn't he yeah. in second last yeah, time? Yeah, I, I think he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. in third. Joey Logano went up to second, and Denny Hamlin is still sitting in first place with no wins. Now those people yeah, but, with uh, wins. Are Joey Logano, Martin Truex, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell at 10, and Michael McDowell at 12. All right. There is your standings recap, guys. Uh, thank you very much, Chris. Um, so, real quick, though, Denny Hamlin in first because he's got, like, what, seven third-place finishes in a row now? So, he, ha- yeah, he has so. six top fives. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's there. So, so uh, hasn't got a win, but consistency is key. And if you're not gonna have a lot of like of drivers winning multiple multiple races, consistency is gonna work for you. So yeah. Um. All right. Let's get to the track layout. Or do you want to do history first? Uh. What do you think? Well, let, let, Chris, you just went. So let let's go. To the yeah. Track. Let's do him. Let's go to the track layout. Uh, I think this it works is... better if he does the layout and then I do the history. All right. Um. Maybe we gotta change it then. Amos, what do you got for our track layout at Martinsville? It's a very unique track. Very unique. So. First and foremost, the track is literally shaped like a paperclip. Thus, the nickname, it's a paperclip. Not a hairpin. <laughs> Not a hairpin. I was saying but, hairpin, yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, the turns are hairpin turns. I mean, they're tied. It's not like it's not like a big sweeping turn. So, so Martinsville, it's a half-mile track. They're going to run 500 laps, which will equate to roughly 250 miles. It's got 12 degrees of banking in the corner. It's kind of hard for me to say that there's corner one, two, and three, and four. It's mostly just like it's one, one big, big turn, turn <laughs> into another big turn. 800 foot straightaways. Uh, the pit stalls, in my opinion, are pretty small, 28 feet by 14 feet. So I think uh, pit selection will be very interesting. And then obviously on and off pit road, I think they're they're – the way they handle pit roads similar to Bristol where it's different between green flag and yellow and how they enter and exit pit roads. So um, 
There'll be quite a bit of side-by-side racing. The inside groove is the preferred groove. Uh, so a lot of short tempers. And uh, <laughs> like I said, I think experience is going to count for a lot in this racetrack for them reasons. So should be a great race, though. Is there any tracks on the circuit currently that we can compare this one to? You could say that uh, New Hampshire is similar. New Hampshire is a mile, so obviously the paperclip expands a little bit. But Loudon's very flat in the corners, and there's it's it's not necessarily it's more a true oval track. So you're in the corner for quite a bit, and it's like I said, it's flat. There's not a lot of banking in each corner, so. That would be really the only one you could compare it to. All right. Uh, Chris, has, has there really been tracks like Martinsville in the past even? Uh, I mean, Martinsville is very unique, pretty small, very tight turns and well, everything like that. I mean, many years ago, yeah, they were they competed on a lot of half-mile tracks. Mm, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of one that springs to my mind. I want to say North Wilkesboro, but I'm not sure that was a half-mile. That might have been longer. But at any rate, yeah, they, they competed on, on short tracks – for many years so there have been tracks like martinsville you know over the years however this helps me segue into the history of martinsville perfect so um martinsville is actually it was a charter member and it has been in nascar for 70 years it is the only track 70 years wow 70 years 1949 when nascar was founded they raced at Martinsville, and they're still racing at Martinsville in 2021. So 70 years they've been racing. Well, actually longer than that. It's no. got to be one of the oldest tracks yeah. on in the circuit, then. It, it is absolutely the oldest track Them in the circuit. That and Daytona, probably, right? It's older than Daytona. Oh. It, it predates wow. Daytona by a good 10 years. Hmm. That's pretty crazy. So um, it's been one of those tracks that has, cons- has seen continual improvement for the for the last 70 years and right now it is really a state-of-the-art track in the sense of fan comfort um really yeah what does that mean though well they have high back aluminum seats rather than well very nice rather than the grandstands and that sort of thing Uh the interesting thing about martinsville is is in 1947 when the track was actually opened for competition they only had 750 seats at the time, and they had 6,000 people show up for that first race at Martinsville. So there was a lot of ground setting going on. <laughs> nice. Um, they probably had only a couple whole uh, outhouse, too, Amos. Just FYI. <laughs> just, to, just to play off our last discussion about an older track. Their motto has been, and this is Clay Earl said, my grandfather often said that Martinsville Speedway is a work in progress, that it would never be finished. We all still believe that. We will always be working to make it better for the fans. So they're very focused on fan experience. Hmm. So, All right. Is that all you got? It's our history lesson for today. Well, if you go to Martinsville, you got to have a Martinsville hot dog. Why? why? I don't know. There's something special about Martinsville hot dogs. They, are, they talk about it all the time. On NASCAR radio. Apparently, they're really good. All right. Well, I do like a good hot dog, so we'll, maybe we'll have to check it out one day if we ever end maybe up there. They, maybe they rival, uh, what, what is it, Fenway Park? No. 
Oh, I don't know. Any baseball stadium with a good hot dog. Yeah. That's that's a good time right there. Yeah. So. Um, have you been to this track? I mean, I know no. you, you live back east, but uh, you yeah. never went to this one. You know, Martinsville wasn't that far away from where we lived either, but I don't know why we never went to it. God, what the heck? Kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it wasn't that far away. I, yeah. Maybe an hour drive. Huh. Well, from where see, we live back there, you missed out on the Martinsville hot dog I know, experience. I know, terrible, terrible. Yeah, you could give us a firsthand experience <laughs> on it. I know. Well, yeah, it may have that long ago. It may have not have been that good of a hot dog. That's true. Uh, I'm sure there's not a lot changed <laughs> in hot dogs over the last forty, fifty years. So, all right, Chris, uh, where does this race? I mean, we always we always ask you this question because it's always a good question. Uh, on your list of like exciting tracks to watch or whatever, is Martinsville very high? Is it one of the lower ones, somewhere in the middle? Uh, what Prob- do you think? Probably in my top five. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and the thing is, I have five races that I watch religiously. Okay. Every year, Daytona, obviously. Of course. I'm big into. Uh, Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen, okay. Right. Martinsville, Richmond, and Bristol. Okay, that's an interesting list. I actually, but not yeah. Bristol dirt. Bristol. <laughs> regular Bristol. Regular Bristol. But, but I'm surprised that you left Talladega off that list. Well. Or Las Vegas. Okay. But but my thing with Las Vegas is, is it's a relatively new track, and it's been reconfigured, what, three times? Mm. So you go, like a we went to it in 2001 and if the track that you guys went to this year or last year I should say was completely different than the track we went to in 2001 right so it it's it's not it yes it's a good track but it doesn't have the esteem and the history that some of these other tracks have the reason I lift relieved Talladega off of my list is in my mind Talladega Year in and year out has been nothing more than a wreck fest. <laughs> it, it's a really good way. I mean, if you're into wrecks and you're into watching, you know, million-dollar cars get totally destroyed, Talladega is the race to it's watch. great race then, yeah. Yeah. All right, So, but this is a, one of your top races to watch. For yes, sure. it okay. is. And it's, is that because of the uniqueness of the track? Yes. The trophy, maybe? I mean, that great well, big grandfather that clock. goes That's without awesome. saying yeah. i mean i got grandfather clock in the hallway here, yeah right know? so <laughs> but yeah i mean the the trophy i think is just absolutely unique i mean and then there's guys that's got multiple like jimmy johnson you were talking about you oh, know so he's many probably got six or seven of the stinking things you he's know? probably got like a whole room just yeah. full of all his trophies yeah <laughs> so i mean yeah it, it's the whole mistake and then the other part of martinsville is the main line for whatever railroad it is right there runs right along the backstretch, and they'll be in the middle of a race, and here comes a train hauled through, you know. So I, it's it's just it's just an interesting track. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Amos, what's the, what's the style of racing at this track, I guess you could say? Um, obviously, we'll spread out a little bit uh, because the track is short, so it might look like the cars are really spread out on this tiny track. Um, but, you know, it can get aggressive as well. Yeah, you've definitely got to have a strong bumper and a strong front end. <laughs> you use the front end to get around the track very frequently, and then obviously you got to have a strong rear end so that you're not getting jacked up all the time or pushed out of the way. So, yeah, I mean, if you got a fast car, you're going to get around pretty easy. If the, I think one of the biggest things about getting around Martinsville well is – the transition from the concrete corners 
to the asphalt straight away. So when you're coming off there, you really need to be able to hammer down and power off and get good grip. And then that gives you the speed down the straightaway to jump in the preferred low line and kind of nudge somebody out of the way. So there'll be a nudge. lot of nudge. <laughs> nudge yeah. Well, that's, you know. Or if I mean, Joey we can't, Logano, you just flat wreck them. But yeah, hey, Joey Logano, Matt yeah. Kenseth, you know, whatever there you, you go. got to do sometimes. Um, I, there'll be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of side-by-side racing because, like you said, it's a small track, 40 cars. They're just going to be there. So um, I, n- there's not usually a lot of cautions, but the ones, the cautions that are, through the race are usually because someone had help getting spun into the wall. <laughs> okay. So it, it's a it's a fun track to watch. I mean, I think you kind of got to be a NASCAR enthusiast in order to probably gut the 500 miles or the 500 laps it is. There are stretches of the race that are pretty boring if you're not, if you don't follow NASCAR all the time. So I don't know that if I'm a first-time watcher that I'm promoting you to this track. But okay. um It'll it it's good racing. It's good traditional short track, beaten and ben, beaten and banging racing. All right, uh, anything he left out there, Chris? That you want to add? No, no. Pretty no. good summary then, huh? Well, I mean, wow, wow you you've left him speechless, Amos. Hmm. I mark it down. First <laughs> I'm time speechless. Twenty plus years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other things we want to talk about, guys? Um, that we haven't about this track. I mean, we're just. We're getting into the season, right? Like, this is really when everybody's got to start buckling down. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to beat it to death, but Stuart Haas Racing, five races. They got five races to get this season turned around as a group. As a group. As a group. Not just Harvick. No. All right. But And we talked about this last week. Harvick will turn it around. You're not sure if the group as a whole will. No. And, and right. like I said, I'm giving – what's his name? I can't remember. <laughs> the rookie. Oh, Briscoe. 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 I'm giving Chase Briscoe. I'm giving him a pass. Although, now I heard some talk on NASCAR radio earlier this week, probably Monday because this is only Tuesday, but but it's probably yesterday. But they were actually saying that if Chase Briscoe is going to get, going to be competitive for rookie of the year, he's got to get this thing turned around like now. Well, but there's not that many rookies. So I understand that, but he's got to get it turned around now if he's going to be competitive for Rookie of the Year. We'll see. We'll have to see. Um, all right, Amos, any any last thoughts from you? I mean, I, I like where Chris was at there. We've talked about Stuart Haas, and something's got to change. Right. I mean, we do bag on Stuart Haas a little bit, but, I mean, Kevin Harvick's still running in the top 16. He's kind of carrying the banner for Stuart Haas. Uh, the next couple tracks might be a little tougher for – Stuart has to get back on track. I mean, even with Talladega thrown in there. But I think once we get into May, we start hitting. Well, you can't even say that because I mean, there's quite a few road courses through there. So I I look for Na- for uh, Stuart Haas to probably kind of in what I talked about last week and my opinion of what Roush Fenway's doing is they've got to pick a track size dominate on that track, and then just let everything else kind of fall where they may to help Eric Amarola, Chase Briscoe, um, Cole Custer kind of get get back in the game and 
be more competitive on these tracks. Harvick can win on any track, in my opinion, so I'm not overly as concerned about him as, say, Stuart Hawes in general. But So to your point, if if what you're saying is, is they got to concentrate on a track, type of track, then obviously it's got to be a mile and a half yeah. because that's the meat of the schedule. Right. Yeah. And so. that's and that's why I say I'm I'm not positive. I mean I haven't you know got my weekly call with Jack Roush or Ryan Newman <laughs> or Chris Bush or anything. But like I said in the previous episodes, I kind of feel like that's what Roush Fenway's done. Is Jimmy Fennick, like you've said, he's come in. He said, "Look, we can't we can't tackle every track. Let's pick a a track style." Do well at that, build, take our notes, go from there. So I maybe Stuart Haas takes that approach to give Chase Briscoe, Cole Custer the more experience because they're still relatively new to the Cup Series. And then Eric Amarola, he just needs to get started somewhere with a good race setup, show up to the track, have some good luck, and then start gaining that confidence that he had going into the tail end of the summer schedule last year yeah so we're pretty excited about this race though guys oh, for the I most am. part i am because it's first race back after week easter weekend <laughs> okay and oh and the other thing is too is this race is a saturday night race maybe well it, it, the okay. weather a, it depends on the weather it could be a monday afternoon race actually well i don't know we could see it like we were talking earlier we could see it, it could in the Tuesday. rain right <laughs> it could be no Tuesday. i can't <laughs> see it in no no I know it's a possibility, no. though. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but Pigs yes, will Chris fly is <laughs> before they race in the rain on an oval. Chris is correct. Uh, Saturday night race. I mean, you don't you don't see that a lot. So it's no, there's it's not unique, a lot of Mar- right? yeah, not even at Martinsville. Like that's they yeah. traditionally are a Sunday track. Yeah, they are. It's very cool though. Um, all right, so. We're good. We're good to make our picks then, guys. Feel sure. like we've got it all out. Here I'm ready Martinsville. to make my pick, boy. Howdy. Okay. All right, um, so we're going to obviously pick the driver that we think will win or finish the highest, and our pick does not have to win. It just has to finish the highest. So say we pick Joey Logano, he finishes third. That's the best finisher of the three. That's who uh, gets the win. And then your other pick, guys, will be best average finish among teammates from Hendrick, Joe Gibbs, Stuart Haas, Penske, Roush, Chip Ganassi, JTG Daughtery, Front Row, RCR, or 23XI. Um, so obviously, well, twenty three XI is a no brainer. Well, it's that'll be just one, right? So if Wallace finishes average better than Stuart Haas put together, oh, I, I see what you're getting. So at. Okay. average finish. So okay. if Hendrick finishes one, two, three, four, obviously that'll be great. Um, but the catch is with this pick: once one team is taken, you, no one else can pick them. So if Amos does go pick first on Penske, we cannot pick Penske. Does that make sense? Average finish, yeah. All right, guys, so there's your two picks. Season standing updates real quick. Uh, I'm at six. Chris, you're at four, and Amos, you're at two. So uh, you are in a big hole here, Amos. You need some help. But that is why we always let the losers pick first on the show. Loser. Uh, (laughs) So, Amos, uh, let's hear your driver pick. My driver pick is Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. Yep, I think uh, he's finally kind of getting a little bit of a rhythm going with Joe Gibbs Racing. He's uh, asserted himself well within that stable. I think he's got his identity back. I think he's got a little bit of momentum after a win. Uh, It'll be good for him to have a nice break with the Easter weekend. And he's had some pretty recent success at Martinsville. 
So, yeah, Martin Truex, and he will be the first season repeat winner. All right, so if Truex wins, he'll have the last three of the last four wins at this track as well. Correct. So, yep. All right, uh, Chris, I know you were kind of joking about who you're going to pick uh, during our break, uh, but have you made a decision on your choice here? I have made a decision, Uh huh. and I'm going with Kyle Larson. Oh, really? Okay, so you're going to go with Kyle Larson. Yes, and the um, reason for that is... Yes, do tell. Well... Okay, he raced last weekend at a short track in a super late model, and he just blistered him. I mean, he flat went in there and dominated. And so I, oh, I think so. I think that that well, I think that was preparation for this weekend at Martinsville. Mm. That's my personal opinion. Right. So I'm going with Kyle Larson. Okay, that that's surprising. I I didn't actually think he'd be on the on the list for any of us really. So, um, all right, I'm going to kind of play it safe. Uh, I'm taking Denny Hamlin. Uh, out of the active drivers, it seems like he has had the most success on this track uh, after Jimmy Johnson retired for sure. So he hasn't had as much success recently, but with the consistency that he's had and all these top finishes without track, a win. Though. Well, I mean, that's probably why he performs really good, right? Yeah. So uh, he's due for a win. And like I was saying, I see the next 11 races, uh, three races probably being different people before we get a repeat winner. So Danny Hamlin. I mean, plus it's probably a safe pick too because he finishes third all the time. So unless one of your guys wins or gets second, I, I could, I'm could. i going to get the points. So all right. Uh, best average finish amongst teammates is where we're going to go next. Now, keep in mind, you go with the four-car teams, you get all four of the averages. So if someone finishes really low and someone finishes really high, that'll hurt. Uh, you go with a two-car team, it might be a little better choice. Um, so, Amos, you get the first pick. Uh, you know the teams. Um, it's, most of the major, it's more of the major teams here. So who are you going to go with best average finish among teammates at Martinsville? It's really... Pains me to say this because I just okay. There anyway, I'm gonna go with Joe Gibbs Racing. All right, Joe Gibbs Racing is off the board to Amos. So, Chris, you can pick anyone but Joe Gibbs. <clears throat> well, that's good because I wasn't gonna pick Joe Gibbs anyway. Um, you know, I'm gonna take a flyer here and I'm gonna go with Hendrick Motorsports. I don't really think that, is that a flyer? <laughs> no, well, I think that's a that was Chris has an interesting definition of flyers. <laughs> okay, whatever. He says it a lot, but sometimes I'm like, I don't think that's a flyer. Um, I don't think that you know using the words. Yeah, the way but you see, think you're using I'm not a Hendrick fan. I'm not a Chevrolet fan. <laughs> so yeah, it is a flyer for me. All right, all right. Um, this is tough because I was kind of wanting Bansky. Hendrick. See, I don't really want to go with Penske, though, because one of their drivers always does really bad. Like, two of them do good, and one always is way in the back. Okay. I'm going to go with Roush. Who really? It gives me a little more of an advantage, because you guys have four. I have two. So maybe my average can be a little better. So, And plus, you know, Busher has been performing pretty well lately, and Ryan Newman's a top 15 driver all year, so... Uh, Feel good about that. And I did see. Speaking of Ryan Newman, he picked up a new sponsor. Oh yeah, who was we it? We did really. Ooh. It it's savvy, but I'm not really sure. Savvy, savvy. What, what a great name. Are but yeah, it's kind of pretty cool. <laughs> All right, uh, let's recap our picks real quick. Amos has went with Truex Jr. for his race winner pick or highest finisher, and he has taken Joe Gibbs as best average finish among teammates. Chris, you took Kyle 
Larson uh, and taken Hendrick for the team pick. Uh, and I have taken Denny Hamlin and Roush Fenway for my team pick. So uh, we'll see. You got to get back in it this week, Amos. Starting to slip away from you a little no. bit. No. Season's young. I got plenty of time. All right, guys. Uh, so before we get into our game here, I want to ask you a couple things. Uh, first of all, what of the upcoming races are you most excited for uh, as we look at April and May? Um, obviously, Circuits of America's in late May. We have Talladega, which is always fun. Um Martinsville should be a good race. Um, but leading up to May, May 30th, where we are in Charlotte, uh, is there a race that's sticking out to you on the schedule that you're particularly excited for? Me? Sure. That was my, cool. turn, my turn. <laughs> um, I, I have two. Okay. I'm going to go with you on Circuit of Americas. I'm really curious to see how those stock cars get around a Grand Prix track. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm, I'm a big... I'm a Dover fan. I mean, I... Oh really? Yeah, okay. you know i I look forward to that one every year. I don't know. That's that's not one of my favorites. I wouldn't say. I I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to watch that track sometimes. Uh, Amos, what do you think? Any races you're particularly looking forward to in the months of April or May? So I like to look forward to the Coca Cola Six Hundred. It's usually run Memorial Day weekend, kind of the kickoff to summer. Kind of in my mm-hmm. mind, that. That's the start of summer, so you know when you're watching them run late into the night in Charlotte. Yeah, summer's here, finally, thank goodness. So, And then, I mean, it's not necessarily the best track because it is the longest race, but it just kind of signifies the start of summer for me. All right, so there's uh, some fun races to watch out for uh, coming up, guys. Uh, So we just took this break, right, and we won't have another break until... Uh, the end of July, start of August, around there, where it looks like we take a couple weeks break uh, after the New Hampshire race before Watkins Glen on the 8th of August. And so uh, before we start the game, real quick, guys, what are some expectations that we have over this big summer schedule that we'll have? I mean, you know, any particular drivers that you're looking to settle in or is anyone going to take control as far as a team? Um, you know, what do, what do some teams got to do up until this next break through this tough, tough part of the schedule, uh, leading up to the end of July? Uh, Amos, do you want to start us off on this one? Sure. So I think, I think if you have not figured it out, if you weren't able to get something figured out, say through this Easter break, through the first few races of the year, I think this stretch is going to be pretty rough for you. Um, <clears throat> every week in for the next, what, set, uh, 10 weeks or so, 12, uh, 15 weeks, it's going to be grueling. I don't think there's going to be a lot of time to test or re, uh, research. I mean, you're, you're pretty much going to have to take yeah. to the track what you had from, say, last year. There's some tougher tracks in there to prepare for darlington's always tough talladega we've mentioned before is a tough track not necessarily to prepare for but mainly to finish um well you got three road courses yeah three road courses too circuits of america is a new track so that it's going to be hard for them to prepare for sonoma they should have some pretty good data on that even though they didn't race there last year i don't think there's a whole lot of change in that track i guess you have texas motor speedway with the all-star race that's kind of thrown in there that'll 
give them a little bit of a kind of. A, I mean, they're still going to race, but it's a break. Yeah, they're just going to kind of let it hang out and go now for you're the racing money for money. Yeah. yeah, you know, but that's a whole different thing. That's what I'm saying. It's going to give them a little break. Cause well, and plus, you just go for it. Just to add real quick here, you got you got Nashville. That's a new track right, this year. Nashville after the All Star race, and then the next week following that, you're going to have Pocono on back to back days, right. and then you're hitting the Road of America, which is a new race edition. So. I mean, this is just a very crazy schedule yeah. and a lot to deal with, especially through that month of June. Um, Chris, do you want to add anything to this? You know, some expectations you have leading up to this next break, which is towards the end of July. It's it's going to be a grueling fourteen week. Well, <laughs> yeah, fourteen weeks. Yeah, fourteen race schedule. Really, uh, it's going to be really grueling, and I hate to keep beating the drum, but Stuart Haas has got to get their act together. I mean. They just flat got to get their act together because once you go into that break between uh, Road America and then, or not Road America, New Hampshire, and then Watkins Glen, I mean, if if you go that late into the season and you haven't got a win or two out of that team, you're not going to get a win or two that's going to matter at that point in, yeah. time, in my estimation. Lots of, lots of demand uh, yeah. through this part of the schedule, really, so... I don't know, man. I mean, there's there's a lot to look for. Obviously, we'll keep talking about it as uh, everything develops, and we'll be looking at these tracks and everything uh, as we come up on them. But uh, lots of exciting tracks, too, to look forward to. I mean, all these road courses, Nashville's going to be interesting to see, and then just some classic race tracks like Charlotte and Talladega on here, too. So, um, all right, guys. Uh, anything else to say about Martinsville before we kind of get to the end of the show, play our game here? No, I think we've pretty well talked it over. Can't wait. Should be good. All right. All right. Um, you ready for the game? No. No. Well, get ready. Put your put your laptops, computers, tablets, everything like that away. Uh, no phones. Mostly talking to Chris over there because he's always trying to cheat over there. Oh, no, I'm not always trying to cheat. All right. So this is how the game works, guys. Uh, I give I give these guys a year. Um, they give me the race winner from the track that we are on in that given week. This week is Martinsville. Uh, the oldest that we're going back to is 1966. Ooh. So, yeah, that's that's where we'll be going back to. The latest is 2018. So we have a wide range, like Chris said earlier. This track's been around a long time, has a lot of history. So, uh, real quick, I'll update you guys on the score uh, as I pull it up. It is currently 16 to 12. Chris, you're in the lead. So, actually, your, your lead has kind of shrinked a little bit, too, so... Amos has been cutting into your lead a little bit. I know. Yeah. All right. So, uh, of Elder course, <laughs> as always, we start with the losers um, on the show. Uh, it just happens to be Amos once again in this position. So, Amos, we're going to start in 1987 for our first one. Our Martinsville winner in 1987. I also won this race. Your first clue. I also won this race in 1988. So, I'm a back-to-back winner in 87 and 88. Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace is a good guess, but that is not correct. All right. Uh, over to you, Chris. So I won this race in 88, and uh, but we're talking about the 87 winner. So I'm back-to-back ch- uh, race winner on this track, and I have three career wins on this track. This one was the first in 1987. Daryl Waltrip. Daryl Waltrip. Close. We're getting closer, uh, but that is incorrect. All right. How do you get closer? It's either Daryl Waltrip or... 
Anyway, go ahead. Oh, oh, Chris, you might be giving up too much away there. All right, Amos, back to you. Martinsville, 1987 winner, 1-88 as well. Three career wins on this track, this one being the first, and I raced for RCR this year. Well, it's not Dale Earnhardt. It's not Dale Earnhardt? Is it Dale Earnhardt? It's Dale Earnhardt, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, you're, I felt like you gave that one away real quick. but I don't Well, think... as soon as you said Richard Childress Racing, I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> he only has three wins at that track? He has three wins at that track. Wow. wow. You were going to get the next clue. The next clue is champion in 1987 so yeah yeah you were close chris you were close well, when you said rcr i knew exactly who you were talking about all right amos you've taken Should have given me that one before oh well i can't give you that uh <laughs> amos you've taken the one point lead in the game so you're, you're cutting into the overall lead okay we're going to 2003 next were you guys listening at the start of the show when I mentioned one of these winners? Yes, I know who you mean. One of these winners was indeed in uh, in that list that we mentioned earlier. Uh, so 2003, when we had nine different winners to start the year, this man was indeed one of them. Um, so first clue for the winner of 2003, Martinsville. Uh, one of my three wins this season. Chris, you're up. Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon is correct. Very good. Someone was listening. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so Jeff Gordon, I think this was our last race winner in 2003 before we had a repeat winner. Uh, he has three career wins on this track, just like Dale Earnhardt. And, of course, uh, the clue that was going to give it away, my sponsor was DuPont. Yeah, all right. So we're all tied up at one. How do you feel, Amos? You didn't Great. even get a guess. That's all right. That's all right. Okay, we're going to 1974 now. And you're up, Amos. How do you feel now? Great. Okay, still feeling it's my good. my year. Yeah. 1974. Uh, <laughs> Were you even born in Sydney? No, I wasn't. <laughs> so 1974 winner at Martinsville. First clue, my team, Richard Howard Racing, doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. That's the clue? <laughs> um, they didn't have Wikipedia in 1974, Ty. <laughs> no, no, like, <laughs> you can't find a Wikipedia page about them. I love this clue. It's one of my best. No, it's not one of your best. Uh, Bobby Allison. Bobby Allison. Hey, that's not a bad guess. It's not a bad guess, but uh, incorrect there. We're, I mean, we're talking about legends back this far, right? So, um, all right. So, uh, 1974, Chris. My team doesn't have a Wikipedia page uh, to this day, so maybe we need to make one. And uh, I won this track two other times in 1977 and 1968. One was with Junior Johnson Racing in 77, and in 68, I was with the Woods Brothers. But we're talking about the winner from 1974. Donnie Allison. Donnie Allison. No, we're not the Allisons. Really? But we're taking them off the board. Because he did drive for the Wood Brothers, and I'm going to go with Donnie Allison. It's it's not Donnie Allison, though. Okay. (laughs) We're getting good guesses, good guesses. Uh, All right, Amos, we're back to you. Uh, I won three Winston Cups. In my career, one year of 1974 Martinsville race, three-time champion. I complete guess, Ned Jarrett. Ned Jarrett, that's not a bad guess, but that's incorrect. Chris, you think you're catching on over there at all? Winston Cup winner in 1976, 77, 78, and that's your last clue. So three-time champion. David Pearson. David Pearson is incorrect. We're looking for Kale Yarbrough. 
Oh, come on. That's I mean, wow. I, legends, wow. man. Legends. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So no one gets a point there. Amos, that's okay for you. Yeah, I'll yeah? take it. That's okay, a take that's it. a win. It's a win. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess we'll start back again with Amos in 2018. Talking the winner in 2018. First clue, I had two wins this season in 2018. So I was a chase. I was a chase man. Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush is not a bad guess, but incorrect. All right. My only career win on this track was in 2018, Chris. So two two race wins in 2018, and this was my only career win at Martinsville. I want to say Joey Logano, but I don't think that's correct. Not correct. Okay. Amos, we are back to you on this one. Uh, won two races in 2018. My only career win on this track, and you might know me for dancing in a commercial. <laughs> Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer is the correct answer. Yes. Winner in 2018. Uh, Chris, your next clue. I mean, if that, if you didn't get that one, it was going to be I recently retired. No. We're also going to say you can take my money on race days. So, you know, we got a lot of clues for Clint Boyer. Amos has taken the two-point lead. So, Chris, you can tie it up. This is not acceptable. Go you don't. Ahead. You don't have to let this one get away from you because we're going back to 1966, winter at Martinsville. This is in your wheelhouse for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 1966 winner. This one's going to be tough, though, I think. Uh, first clue, Chris, I won this race in 66 and in 1954. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about a veteran in 1966 that won this race in 1954 as well. Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Hey, we're, we're, we're guessing, uh, but no, that is incorrect. Seriously? <laughs> yes, it is. 54 and 66? 54 and 66. K. Who the heck was around for 22 years? <laughs> so this is a tough clue, Amos. But this is the think about this one. My car was blue with gold numbers. Oh god, is that, that, is that gonna right help? down? I mean, it all it all might have been black and white back in the day. <laughs> that doesn't help at all. Okay, winner, Fireball Roberts. Fireball Roberts. That's not a bad guess either. Okay, so we're taking some legends off the board here, um, but incorrect. Okay, I got a blue car with gold numbers, Chris. I won this race in '54. And this year, in 1966 at Martinsville, it was one of my 15 wins this year. So I racked them up. 15 yeah. wins? Yes. But we were, we were probably racing a lot of races back in the 60s, too, right? 50-some-odd so. mm, races a year. 52 or 54 15 races 15 wins. Had a blue car. Had gold numbers. Mm -hmm. Was it a Ford? No. It wasn't a Ford. It was a Plymouth. What was the driver's name, Ty? Like <laughs> you're gonna let him answer, ask questions. He's not gonna to know gain it off an advantage. He's not gonna know it off a of Plymouth. I, I already know. guessed Richard Petty, and that was wrong. Yeah, so that's the only guess I had. <laughs> I, I'll pass. <laughs> Passing. Okay. Well, uh, we are down to the last clue. So each of you got one last guess. So it was a '66 Plymouth. Won this race in 1966. Racing a Plymouth that was blue with gold numbers. I also won this race in 1954. One of my 15 wins this season, and I was the cup champion in 1966. So this same season, I won the cup. 
I, I don't think that he's this old, but I'll just say Junior Johnson. Junior Johnson. I mean, he's probably in that wheelhouse, don't you think, Chris? Mm, he's not that old. Maybe not that old. All right. Not a bad guess, I guess you could say. Okay, uh, Chris, you're the last one here. Do you have a guess for a 1966 Martinsville winner? Do I get another clue? No, that was the last clue. That Cup champion clue. in 1966. Uh, Fred Lorenzen. <laughs> Fred Lorenzen. No. All right. We are looking for Jim Pascal. Oh, God, that was really obvious who that was. <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> that one would have sprung to mind right off the bat. Come on, Chris. This was That's in... Not, he's not even in the Hall of Fame. This was in your... He won the championship in 66. He's I, not in the Hall of Fame. I can tell you that. I thought it was a good one to include because he was a champion from this season <laughs> to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Amos, you've dealt Chris his first loss, I think, of, uh, of the whole year. You are you've gained a couple spots in the season standings. We now sit at Jim Pascal. <laughs> we now sit at fourteen to seventeen. Chris, he's closing in on your lead. Uh, okay. Jim Pascal. Hey, we're pulling him out. I mean, what can well, I say? Well, you are pulling him out. What can I say? How uh, did you even find that? <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia, man. Uh, okay. Rich, Wait a minute. You said you didn't have a Wikipedia page. No, no, that was for Yarbrough. Oh, okay. Um, all right, so we're going to Richmond next week, guys, uh, after Martinsville. So that's what we'll be talking about on next week's show. Obviously, the game will be back. So Richmond, that's what we'll be thinking about, guys. Um, yeah, I think that's all we got, though. Should be fun. Might be racing in the rain in Martinsville. No, they're not going <laughs> to race in the rain at Martinsville. Okay, but we're looking for eight for eight for sure. So <sighs> No, repeat winner. All right, repeat winner. I think... Uh, yeah, you two picked repeat winners. I got a first-time winner for this year. Um, so that's all we got, guys. Uh, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Remember, Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern on, Time. On FS1. On FS1. Yes, I believe so. Um, yes. Come rain or shine, according to Ty. Hey, I, not according to me. That's just what I've what they keep can saying. Can you imagine racing on Martinsville? Yeah, I can in see the Martinsville rain. in the rain. Well... There'd on be a, a Saturday spray. night. It'd be cool. On a Saturday Man, you'd have to have a very strong windshield wiper motor. Can't wait. It's going to be cool. You're going to be using a lot of Rain-X in yeah, that one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> You're right. going to be selling Rain-X by the gallon jugs. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so, yes. Like Chris said. <laughs> Probably a lot of tears. Wiping away tears yeah, is what's going to happen true. there. Like Chris said, uh, 7.30 Eastern on FS1. Saturday night race should be a lot of fun. Uh, be looking out for our shows coming up later in the week, UFC, NFL, all that good stuff. Um, all right, guys. Should we get out of here? Can't wait. Martinsville's sure. going to be fun. Sure. Let's leave. All right, guys. Thank you. Jim for- Pascal. <laughs> Jim Pascal. Thanks for listening. Hopefully wow. you guys knew that one because uh, our experts- Oh, I'm sure everybody that listens to this just knew that one right off the top of their head. There probably is someone. There probably is someone. All right, guys. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. Peace out. Yeah, I can see all now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. 
Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening.